There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Are you a lifelong fan of General Hospital? Are you a new fan who wants to know more about the history of the show? Do you enjoy talking about the show with others? Do you find yourself yelling at the TV? Is your self-care an hour a day in Port Charles? If so, we invite you to join hosts Amanda Kimmel and Shannon Coach at the place where all the hidden conversations take place and secrets are revealed. Meet us at Pier 54, a General Hospital fan podcast. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the Poor Charles 411. Today we're talking about... I was like just expecting you to yell it along with a bunch of nose around it. I... <laughs> I... <laughs> Duh. Sorry. We're talking about Courtney Matthews, Spencer's mom. <laughs> okay. So I know I'm the one that keeps saying she's going to come back because I would think that that would play into the whole Victor thing and they no. would find a way of working it. <laughs> now you're just I making me say no. You're I you. you. No. It does not count if you're making me say no. I, you're making me say I no. am not a ventriloquist. I did not make you say anything. They don't know that. I'm they not. don't know. I they don't, don't know. They don't know that you're not just sitting here talking to yourself. <laughs> that's true. You could just use like one of those voice changer things. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's brilliant. You could do a podcast. The only, no people, who, the only people who know are the ones that we've spoken with on Zoom. True. And whenever we're we have something coming out in a couple weeks. It'll be obvious that it's not just. I guess so. Well, I'm glad that you'll see that I'm not just arguing with myself all the time <laughs> in a different voice. Anyway, kind of want to start a new podcast <laughs> just right. doing that <laughs> and see how long it takes. Exactly. There was. <laughs> Go ahead. There's another podcast called The Chameleon, and it's all about this. It was this person who basically in the entertainment industry kind of like scammed all these people and like hired a photographer and a scouting assistant or like a makeup artist or something like that and got them to come to Indonesia to pay all this money. I don't know if it was Indonesia. So I'm so sorry. I even mentioned a country because I could totally be wrong on that. Okay. Spoiler alert. So in case you don't just fast forward like 30 seconds or whatever, at the very end of it, it was the same person, but they were doing that. They were using like a voice changer and they were using different accents and everything. And they were pretending to be like 10 different people. That's so yeah. Wow. It's it's really it's messed up, obviously. But, but it takes a lot of skill. Why can't these people like 
do good things. <laughs> that's a lot of skill. I'm yes. impressed. Okay. Anyway, continue. I'm sorry. I just cut you off and <laughs> told you a story about another podcast. That's all right. I don't know how they're going to explain Spencer's age with Courtney's age. Because if we're bringing back the original Courtney, I know you can age people up a little bit, but they can't make her too old. And Spencer's old. They did it with Liz and Cam. We're good. Isn't Courtney younger than Liz? Nope. Really? Uh-huh. You want to start there? Okay. Courtney's ahead. birthday is April or August 12th, 1982. Courtney's only a month older than me. Oh. Yeah. So Liz just turned 40 in November. So, I mean, yes-ish, but no. Okay, but not a lot. But okay. no. Okay. No. All right. See, I'm I, thinking. I understand your thought process there, but that was. Yeah, because if she was a super young mom having him in 2006, which in my mind she was, then how is she going to have. Well, I think we were both under the impression she was older than she was because. So texting. A, when we say we don't text about the show we don't talk about the current show right we text we will text sometimes as we're doing this research and be like oh my gosh like yesterday i texted you and said oh my gosh xyz and we were both like yeah totally thought she was older yes then she looked older and she carried herself older but then you realize she was supposed to be so much younger when you had her first meet sunny Uh uh-huh and you're like wait what she was supposed to be like kid sister yeah kid sister and the (laughs) Oh no, what's another singing? Mom, episode? buddy. <laughs> Mom, buddy. Oh my God. Not my buddy. Mom, buddy. Your gangster brother. Your wow. mobster brother. Amanda gave me cookies. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Darn Girl Scouts. Anyway. <laughs> You see her mother then, and her mother's like, no, go down to the, yeah, whatever. What the yeah. heck? Lobby. Thank yeah. you. My God, I could not remember that word. Go down to the lobby. And she's like, yeah, mom, I don't want to. And she's like, yes, get down to the lobby till I'm done here. And you're like, oh, so she's like a teenager. But then you think about him messing around with Karen, and you're like, ew. <laughs> well, he didn't know he had a sister. Okay. All right. All right. So, go ahead. We are going to use SoapCentral.com, who's who. Courtney Matthews. General Hospital fandom, eh, kind of disappointed. Like, they were missing some pretty big stuff. And I only watched the, it's like GH 2002 to two, or 2001 to 2002, I think it was. It had like, oh, I tried to take like a little piece of everything. So I watched like one or two snippets through the years, but I didn't try to focus too much because it also got you, well, it got me. It was 42 videos. Okay. It was, Watching all the different pieces got me in the rabbit hole mm-hmm. because later on, um, Elizabeth was talking to Jason about Rick <gasps> having Carly. And I was like, what? Oh, my God. Yes. Hold so. on. Okay. I totally, totally, totally should have put this in Monday's recap. Okay. We need Aunt Gia, when Esme does all of her crap and tries to take Trina down, attorney Aunt Gia. To the rescue. There you go. To bam. Love it. Because we know Taggart's coming back. Yes. That would he can great. bring Gia with her, him and Esme. <laughs> I don't know what that I'm is. I'm totally <laughs> buying a soundboard tomorrow <laughs> for you to be able to. <sighs> oh, my God. So. Oh. Why didn't I write that on my notes? I'm sorry. 
that you didn't write that on your notes. Why didn't you tell me to? Because I, I took really crappy notes. This because week. we also don't talk about the show. Right. Okay. So back to SoapCentral.com. Courtney Matthews. We can see born August 12th, 1982. And if you've been watching the show in the past couple weeks, she died February 21st. 2006. So she was 23. And that's what we were texting about yesterday. Cause it's like, wait a second. Yeah. I definitely thought she was more like 26, 27. Yes. So we're not going to get into that yet because I feel like that gives away some of the story. So scroll down. <laughs> this might be an episode where I pretend like my voice is Shannon using a voice recorder <laughs> and talking to herself. All right. So. Courtney lived with her mother, Janine, in Atlantic City, with Janine and Port Charles, quote, on business, as she had been hired by Sky to blackmail Edward, another character we should totally talk about. A little too long, Courtney arrived in Port Charles looking for her mother. Courtney not only found her mother in Port Charles, but was reunited with her father, Mike Corbin, whom Janine had told her had died years earlier. So when Courtney was coming to Port Charles, her car broke down and Xander was trying to help her. And then she's like, well, I'm trying to find someone in Port Charles. How do you do that? And he's like, well, you could try the phone book. Like all these sentences just don't make sense anymore to begin <laughs> with. Right. And she's like, well, she's visiting. And he's like, well, I don't know. <laughs> so then she somehow does. So here's the thing. The playlist that I watched was 2001 to 2002 on like Alicia Yes. I saw that like one. The, mm-hmm. That's the name of the account. I still feel like missed a lot of, there's a lot of things that like in later videos, I'm like, but wait, we didn't just watch that. Okay. So obviously did their best and did way more than I have. But so there was just some confusion. So eventually she somehow winds up like at Sonny's room Mm -hmm. and he's like, well, I'm Sonny Corinthos. She knows who Sonny is, right. but doesn't know Sonny's her brother. And Xander leaves her there. Yes. It's like, I have somewhere to go. You're fine with this man who she didn't even know his name at that yes. point. And then he says, I'm but he was like Corinthos. notorious. So yeah. that's how she knew him. And she's like, I don't know that I want to be alone with you. But then Janine comes in and is like, why are you here? Blah, 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 blah. Then Mike comes in mm-hmm. and she's like, daddy. You know, and then she's like, why, are, okay, we're gonna why are you not dead? She said she's daddy. In like a in a totally daughter way, not in a, tone, not a, you like what I call Ryan, you daddy. <laughs> That's what she said. When Ryan came on, Ryan, the character came on this week in the background of Esme and Spencer yeah. talking. Yeah. My Ryan was like, you like what I call you daddy. <laughs> you? And I was like, stop, don't do that. That's so gross. Oh, that tone was just so gross. Of course, it's my fault because I made him watch that because he didn't believe me when I was like, no, it's so gross. So, yeah. Um, anyway, so she said it in a normal daddy right, tone. Like, well, in like a, but you're supposed to be dead yes. way. And then I forget how, how it continued to go. But then, so at this point, Sonny knew that Mike was his dad, obviously. Right. And he said, that's my daughter. And Sonny was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Not. Not about Courtney, but about right. the fact that Mike had a whole another life. Right. And that's when Janine was like, well, I didn't know that he had. And that's when Courtney and Sonny were introduced as to each other. Right. So but Courtney was mad because yeah. she felt like Sonny knew and she felt like obviously her mom knew that Mike wasn't dead. And so she was like, am I the only one here that's capable of not lying? And Sonny was like, I didn't lie. I didn't know all this was going right. on. Like Sonny didn't know about her because I don't think that he would have. Sonny has a ton of faults. Yeah. But if he had known that he had a little sister, 
he would have been, he would have been there, yeah. trying to figure something out. Janine confessed to Courtney that Mike's gambling addiction made life with him too unpredictable. And so she told Courtney Mike was dead and took her away to start a new life in Atlantic City. Not only did Courtney reconnect with her father, but she also found out that she had a half-brother, Sonny Corinthos. If your ex-husband or your husband, whatever, had an issue with gambling, would you move to Atlantic City if you never wanted to see him again? And you were all in the New York, Pennsylvania area to begin with? No, pretty sure you would move like into the middle of the country where okay. maybe they don't have, maybe move to a town where gambling's illegal or something like that. That's what my I first thought as well. It's like, no, you don't go to Vegas. You don't go to Atlantic City. Mm -mm. Don't move to Monte Carlo. Right. You know, you have to go abroad. And there was lots of places that gambling was not legal back then. It was only in the 2000s. You couldn't gamble. Oh, no, 82. You couldn't gamble in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. Like, we didn't ago. have casinos. Yeah. But you could gamble. Where were you gambling at if we didn't Playing have Playing the lottery? Yeah, but that's not the same There's as what they're the talking about Mike like was the, doing. The um, machines that were in some of the bars around here. Yeah, but that's I mean, not, they were illegal, but they were still here. what Mike was doing. Right. Mike was, like, borrowing money from yes. his bookie and spending, spending Miss Wu kind of poker money. Not gotcha. Not okay. our level of gambling. But, uh, I am not on your level of gambling. <laughs> just throwing that out there. Anyway, I'm just, just for future reference, if you're trying to escape your husband that has a gambling addiction and you live close to a major gambling hub, you would not move to the gambling hub. You should probably move further away. Yes. Courtney had a difficult time with her mother, father, and newfound brother. Due to Janine's deception, Courtney's relationship with her mother became strained. Gee, you think? Sonny immediately became a loving but overly controlling brother, and Mike tried to be a dutiful father, but Courtney couldn't be sure where, when he was sincere and when he was just following Sonny's orders. Ouch. Alone and confused, Courtney met A.J. Quartermain, a wonderful person to hang out with whenever you need someone. A.J. befriended Courtney, who felt safe and comfortable with him. Unbeknownst to Courtney, AJ pursued the relationship with her as an attempt to get his son, Michael, back from Sonny and Carly. Despite numerous attempts by many people, no one was able to get through to Courtney that AJ was just using her. And she was 19, 20 years old at this time. And I think this is the thing we didn't realize. I never saw her as a peer. Like when I, yet we are legit the same exact age. I don't was know. Was she even that old? She would have been in. That was 2000. 2000, 2001, wasn't it? I think she was just like 18. So yeah, she came on for the first time in December 2001. So yeah, she would have been 19. Okay. I just know because that we'll get to it, but at their wedding, they were both drinking water. Yes. Because she was not 21. Right. Exactly. But he was much older. Mm-hmm. Not much older, but there was a, yeah. I don't know how old AJ was supposed to be then. Well, I mean, he would have been late 20s because he's older than Jason. Oh, that's true. That's I'm and, glad you and, can do math like that because you're right. But at that age group, there is a big difference there between is. yes, eighteen, yes. nineteen, and twenty nine, thirty is a huge difference of just what you're going through. Especially since we just saw her a few scenes before saying "mommy and daddy," like she was not all kind of grown up. Anyway, despite numerous attempts by many people, no one was able to get through to Courtney that AJ was just using her. In fact, it drove Courtney deeper into AJ's arms. The turning point occurred when AJ arrived at the opening of Carly's club with Courtney on his arm, which infuriated Sonny. Xander punched AJ, who faked a total knockout and was sent to the hospital. At the hospital, AJ convinced Alan that he was truly in love with Courtney and that he wanted help to get out of Port Charles so that he and Courtney could escape Sonny and live in peace. 
Ellen agreed to help, claiming that he loved her. AJ convinced Courtney to leave Port Charles with them, with him. The two of them escaped from the rooftop of General Hospital on a helicopter arranged by Alan. That was I, not in the clips that I watched. And why did they need to escape like that? Was Sunny chasing after him? Really chasing after helicopter? them? I feel like that's a little excessive. AJ and Courtney hid out on St. Sophia, a Caribbean island. AJ teased Sonny by sending him pictures of Courtney. Ned found out where they were hiding. He oh, I guess Alexis. we were texting pictures back. Wait, we weren't texting pictures back in 2001. We were just texting. Maybe? Sure. Or maybe if you had a but fancy from a- plan from a different In 2001? Country. Hold on. I don't think phones even had cameras then. Back in the good old days. When did phones with cameras come out? Okay. In June of 2000, they were in Japan. That doesn't mean they could text them. That just meant they could take them, right? I'm going to let you look that up while I can continue reading. Yes, all please. Together anyway. Um, Ned found out where they were hiding. He and Alexis planned a trip to St. Sophia when Sonny interrupted. Unable to lie to him, Alexis told Sonny where AJ was hiding. Alexis and Sonny hopped a plane to St. Sophia with Ned, Jax, and Skye close behind. Sonny and Alexis were the first to land, and they quickly burst through the door to AJ and Courtney's casienda to find the couple sleeping together. Sonny dragged AJ outside and began strangling him when Courtney made a shocking announcement. She and AJ had been married on the island. Apparently, it started in the 90s. This is, but I mean, also, the internet was supposedly created like in the 70s, it was. just it didn't become popular. So, <laughs> It says 2002 is when texting became popular in general. Okay. I'm still standing by the, what? And we'd have to go back and find that clip. Yes. But yeah, so they were on the island. Okay. I'm confused and you may have watched some more than I did in this whole time. He walked in and found them sleeping together. Yeah. It was a little weird because Alexis was with them too. And, but then it says... That she announces that they had been married, but the part that I saw, she was like in her wedding dress. Did she get out of bed and put her wedding dress back yes. on? Yes. So he came in, saw them together. Okay. Sonny proceeded to try to strangle him over the, and then the whole reason he stopped is because she said that they were married yeah. to convince Sonny, like to get like in his head, we're married. She went back in and put back on the dress and everything. And then like they all celebrated. She basically was like, okay, yeah, you guys weren't at the wedding, whatever. But like, look at this wasn't just her hair was perfect for oh someone that gosh. had just got out of bed. Well, it always is. I thought you was not perfect. <laughs> and I'm like, she was just so beautiful. Oh, she and- was so beautiful. But she had the little flowers in her hair instead of a veil. And they were perfect for someone that just got out of bed. And the thing that I don't like about this is that. Hold on. Okay, so I'll read. Go ahead. I'll read all this because I watched this too. So Sonny let AJ live, but only to save his own relationship with his daughter and not to make a martyr out of, yeah, his sister. (laughs) To save his relationship with his sister, not his sister daughter, (laughs) and not make a martyr out of AJ in in Courtney's eyes. But AJ wasn't done with Sonny secretly. And they went back to okay, the balcony. But it wasn't secret. I saw that too. They were. They had like the doors shut. Little wooden doors. And that was all onto the balcony. They did try to have the door shut. They did try to at least have some it privacy. Would be if you like stood on the other side of the I know. I understand. Okay. However, secretly, AJ offered Sonny a shocking trade. He would divorce Courtney in return for his son, Michael. Sonny turned down the offer and pretended to be friends with AJ for Courtney's benefit. No. 
Jax overheard the entire thing. Yes. And it wasn't just one time AJ said, fine, you want me to back off with your sister and give me my son? No, no, no. It was like a legit, no, here is he said, my offering. You have to show up with Michael and say, here, Michael, you're going to live with your dad now. Yep. And if those words weren't spoken, it was all over. Yep. And Sonny saying that he turned down the offer and pretended to be friends with AJ. So Jack's overheard all of this. He was pretty much about ready to just tell Courtney, mm-hmm. listen, what I just heard. Like, and she is so in love. She is she so is. happy. Sonny brings her out and asks her, are you in love with AJ? Mm-hmm. And she undoubtedly loves him with all her heart, you know, blah, blah, blah. So they go back in. Sonny says, I'm going to make an announcement. And he says, AJ, welcome to the family. He didn't pretend. And the only thing was Courtney asked them to shake hands. Yes. And so Sonny did because he was not going to hurt his sister. Right. He like threw them a reception. He was ordering champagne and stuff. The newlyweds received a cold reception. Oh, no. So, yes, he ordered. He had champagne brought up in the room. Wow, they're missing a lot in here. Okay. So he had champagne brought up in the room. He had a cake brought up. They all they all toasted. They were all she and AJ were drinking water because yes. AJ was in recovery at the time. Mm-hmm. However, Alexis. A- AJ was in recovery too. No, Alexis left her glass. I thought you were yes. gonna say Oh no, no. Alexis left her glass and AJ picked it up and started drinking. And then he drank the bottle. And Courtney saw. And it kind, she was like, yeah, this isn't good. And he's like, no, 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 it's vodka. And she's like, no, I'm pretty sure that alcohol, the word alcoholic does not mean vodkaholic. Right. <laughs> I still don't think that she was becoming skeptical, but she was at least, oh, seriously, like, is this right? what's going on now? So then back in Port Charles, they received a cold reception from everyone except for Edward because he thought that was how they were going to get Michael because that's all that Edward cared about at the time. Edward quickly became AJ's coach and convinced Monica to allow him and Courtney to move into the mansion. But as tensions between the newlyweds and the family arose because of his drinking, AJ found himself truly falling in love with Courtney. Courtney's love gave AJ the strength to stand up to his family's mistreatment. Fed up with his family and Edward pressuring him to turn on Courtney, which he had already wanted to do to begin with, Right, the couple moved out of the mansion. In retaliation, Edward froze all of AJ's assets and accounts. Penniless, AJ and Courtney moved into a small rundown apartment. Courtney, ever the pragmatic optimist, took a job waiting tables at Kelly's, while AJ, already reeling from the shock of being cut off financially and the embarrassment of not being able to support his wife, schemed to get money. His schemes backfired and AJ, former rich boy, cracked under the pressure of his own expectations. One night, he got drunk with Courtney in the car and drove the car right into a local strip club, causing thousands of dollars worth of damage. $18,000 to be exact. Courtney kept AJ out of jail by agreeing to the club's owner, Coleman, which why did we like him? Because he got better. He did get better. It's like funny. It's it's exactly sunny. Demanded that she strip at the club in order to pay off the cost of the damages and keep him from going to the cops. Um, He actually didn't demand. He... So here's the thing. When Courtney was waitressing at Kelly's, AJ went in and talked to her about 
some guy said nice shirt and she was wearing like a midriff mm-hmm. like it was it was cut up her belly was showing i was never allowed to wear stuff like i would not have worn stuff like that grease is the number one reason why why would you wear that while you're waitressing the stuff that you get on you okay is gross i i don't know i had so much stuff spilled on me at some point <laughs> it'd have been so gross <laughs> anyway but aj was giving her grief about that okay okay and then coleman aj ran away and he was like, I recognize you. AJ ran away. Courtney stayed behind and tries to reason with him. And he's like, listen, I'll let you strip. We'll work out an agreement. Mm-hmm. You'll make a lot of money. Here's how much my girls typically make. Nice. You'll work off the debt. Okay. So then he asks her to come in and strip for him. She comes in like a business suit. And I'm like, I hope that this is coming out right. But I'm like, but you were wearing a shirt. That was showing your right, belly. You would think if you were going for a stripper interview that you would wear something. Unless that was like her act, like business. No. Okay. I, I was confused. But again, this also could have been where a lot of scenes were taken out. Because that was my first thought. I'm like, but, but when you were waitressing, you were wearing a shirt that showed your belly button. But Yeah. But right. Like when you go to talk to someone about a job as a stripper. I would. Yeah. You're wearing a business suit. I feel like there were just things missing yeah. there. But so she goes to Coleman. I mean, it, it was just so demeaning. And he's like, listen, honey, I'm pretty sure he said honey too. Mm. He was like, listen, you're going to have guys looking at you that are a lot worse than me. It was really gross watching it. I feel like because that wasn't her personality. It wasn't. No. And that wasn't something that she would have gone to herself. No, no disrespect to people that that's their profession because, oh, my God, the muscles, the arm muscles that you have to have. They have to be very athletic. Like, wow. I never realized that. Like, for real, you you know, you just that's like, oh, she's a stripper or whatever. But then I know. have friends that that is their job. And I'm like, oh, my God, you are so toned. Like, I could they, never. Yeah. Yeah. So but that just was not her personality. Right. It was like whenever they made Karen turn to that light. That was exactly so weird yep. because that was not. Yep how they had ever played her before. So she decided to go ahead and take the job. He, Oh, Coleman did only give her 24 hours to decide though. Okay. So pressured her into it. Yes. Demanded. Okay. I feel like that's the wrong word to use there. Okay. However, he did say, if you don't, I will go to the cops. Yeah. So well, right. You got to come up with some way of repaying it. Yep. So she took the stage name of Daisy and hid her new profession from AJ by telling him that she had a night job at a bank. She hated it, but saw that AJ was working to clean himself up. What banks are open overnight? Maybe she had to clean. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm thinking like bank teller. And I'm like, oh, wait, wait. That might have been why she was wearing the suit. If she told him that she was going to a bank interview. Okay. So I just filled all that in by myself. Good job. But it wasn't written that way. And so, but that yeah. explains why. Okay. There you go. Cool. Okay. Do-do-do. <laughs> I love when we figure it out for ourselves. She hated it, but saw that AJ was working to clean himself up and even had taken a low paying, but honest job on the docks. She was only a few weeks from paying off the debt completely when Sonny found out because he had gone to the club. And the girl that was like mentoring her was like, look at what I got. And it was like a hundred dollar bill. She's like, by the way, he really has a thing for blondes. You go over to the table. You'll, she's like, shake your butt and you'll get, she goes, you'll get 300 easy. Oh no. 
And she walks out there and thankfully his back is to her. But yeah. So Sonny offered to help him, help her, but Courtney begged him to stay out of it and leave her and AJ alone. Sonny did, but not for long. In retaliation against AJ talking to Michael and telling the boy that Sonny kills people, Sonny and Jason took AJ to the club. Uh. Shocked, AJ went out and got drunk. He later returned and burned down the club. Okay, I did not see them take him there, but it was also he started to walk into the club and she was coming out. Okay. So, and that's when it happened. But yeah, so he, he and they didn't show the him burning down the club. Okay. Well, Jason rescued Courtney and AJ and at Courtney's request by telling Coleman to back. Jason rescued Courtney and AJ at Courtney's request by telling Coleman to back off and protect AJ from arson charges. AJ and Courtney argued and it came out that they each blamed themselves for the situation. This mutual revelation brought the couple together and they redeclared their love for each other, vowing to stay together and trust each other. You set a building on fire. I love you. It's like the gift of the Magi with fire. <laughs> AJ had to take a job, which involved frequent trips out of town. While he was gone, Courtney began being stalked. Jason stepped in to protect her and Courtney, Courtney's animosity for him slowly thawed. She had quickly fallen in love with him, but although he felt the same, she still loved AJ and refused to cheat on him. Good girl. This problem was solved when Courtney found out that an insecure AJ was her stalker. She dumped him. That's why I think that it could possibly be Finn stalking Liz. Remember I asked you that? I was like, could it be Finn? No. Who knows? I say no. I would love to say no, but in the back of my head, I'm like, well, this is kind of crazy what we're doing anyway. Do, do, do. She dumped him, took up with Jason, and finally mended fences with Sonny, also bonding with his wife, Carly Corinthos. Yeah, Carly being like, Courtney was my best friend. They hated each other. While Jason was embroiled in a murder trial and a resulting sham marriage to Brenda Barrett, he and Courtney kept their relationship a secret. When the problems cleared up, they told Sonny he was furious, but after a suitable period of brooding... <laughs> what is the suitable period of brooding? <laughs> sure. Accepted their relationship. They got engaged and planned a happy future together. It doesn't mention how they met, though. Did you see that scene with the eggs? Yes. That was so yes. cute. There was a customer at the diner, and she was screaming and yelling about the cook made her eggs wrong, and Courtney had no idea what to do because she was new there, and she just wanted it to like quickly be resolved. And Jason walked over and was like, here's the eggs that you wanted. It's fine. And she was trying to thank him, and he's like, I don't know what you're thanking me for. Please just... You're welcome. Go away. And then AJ walked in and freaked out. Why are you talking to my brother? Ridiculous. Anyway, those plans were shattered when Carly was kidnapped on the big wedding day. Okay. That I didn't watch that. I, oh, so that's pretty much all that I watched that was up to that point. So those plans were shattered when Carly was kidnapped on the big wedding day. Not only did Jason and Sonny cherish Carly, she was carrying Sonny's child. The search for her occupied all their time and Courtney unselfishly went along with their efforts. In the midst of the chaos, she discovered that she was also pregnant. When she gauged Jason about a family and he told her he didn't want to bring a child into their current violent situation, she kept quiet. Soon after, she was kidnapped by mobster Lorenzo Alcazar and held hostage on his yacht in the place of Carly, who had been freed by Sonny and Jason. Desperate to escape, she jumped into the water during a storm and swam to shore. The efforts were too much for her, and she woke up in a hospital bed. Sadly, she had lost the baby. Hmm. Jason found her before Alcazar could take her hostage again. 
Back at home, Courtney finally confessed that she had been pregnant but lost the baby when she escaped. Unable to find comfort with Jason, Courtney briefly turned to pain pills as a mean of escape. While drugged out one night, she ran down Elizabeth but didn't remember doing so. When Jason and Sonny figured out that she was responsible, they did everything they could to make sure she didn't confess to the accident. In an effort to leave their problems behind for a while, Jason took Courtney to France. Everyone goes to France, where they were married. But once they got home, they found themselves deeper entwined in Sonny and Carly's problems. One stormy night, Courtney found Carly in labor at her house. Carly begged her to go for help, and as Courtney was racing back to town, she flipped her car. She was taken to the hospital where she told Jason and Sonny where to find Carly. Jason stayed with Courtney as she recovered from her injuries. I didn't think it was actually her that hit Liz. I thought it was Faith. Wait, was this the one where she was in the car with Gia? No, she was in the car by herself. It showed... No, 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 no. Liz was in the car with Gia. No. Liz was... Well, maybe. Maybe that's what they're Hold talking on. about. I'm thinking about Liz crossing the street. While drugged out one night, she ran down Elizabeth, but didn't remember doing so. She ran down... Okay. So... <laughs> wow. So, in the playlist that I watched... Okay. Courtney and AJ had had a fight, and Courtney was driving away... Or Courtney and Sonny. She was crying. Oh, because I had a note about it. Hold on. Because Gia and Liz were in the car. Car accident with Liz and Gia... The police song, Every Breath You Take, was playing on the radio back when they could, like, really Raise, afford. Yeah. yeah. And Liz and Gia had been talking about Sarah having men crazy about her. And then that's... See, I wrote the note about Aunt Gia on this. I just didn't put it in there. I'm sorry. Darn it. <sighs> oh, also, AJ got Courtney a puppy, Rosie. Whatever happened to that dog? <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. Stop. But, so wait. So... So there was another so she, accident. She had hit, I think there was a red light involved somewhere. And I think Courtney hit Liz and Gia. So that was car accident one. Mm -mm. That was before. Yes, it did. I watched okay, it. Okay. That happened before. Okay. Follow me. Okay. Then she's in a car accident with AJ hitting into the club. Okay. And now she's in a car accident running down Liz. But I didn't think it was, I didn't think that she was the one who hit Liz. Maybe it'll tell us this later. Okay. So you see... Courtney get in the car after popping pills yes. in, the, in like this car. And then you see the only Faith, thing I don't like about this write up. It doesn't give us the years. Okay. Then you see Faith get into her car and then you see, I think Rick get into his car. And at the same time you see Elizabeth, she picks up this piece of paper that was announcing her art exhibit. And she's like sad and crying because she had just had the run in with she just talked to Jason about Rick and about how crazy it was. Rick, Rick had told Jason to stay away from Elizabeth because that was his wife. And Jason was like, she's not your wife anymore because you kidnapped Carly, you crazy person. And so you see them all get in their cars. She finds this piece of paper. She's crying because she's all upset about all that. So she rips up the art thing and throws it away and crosses the street without watching what she's doing. And someone hits her, but you don't get to see which car hit her. And then later, what's her name? Faith, Faith. is standing over top of her body. You can clearly see Elizabeth is breathing, but she has this cut on her head. And Faith is like, oh no, I hit you. I guess you weren't paying attention. Blah, 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 blah. Now finally, Rick will be free because you're dead. And 
whatever. Then maybe it was Faith. So I feel like it was Courtney was involved in the accident somewhere. Courtney may not have remembered, but Courtney didn't hit anyone is how I took it. But but that's still the third car accident. Oh, well, she gets in a lot of car accidents. I wasn't (laughs) disputing that. I was just saying, I don't understand why it said that that was who hit her, that Courtney hit Elizabeth. I was pretty sure it was. Yeah. Okay. Because I thought of you when I saw Faith. I was like, she always saw Faith. So go ahead. So Courtney cared for her nephews while Carly laid in a coma, fearing for her safety of fearing for the safety of the kids. She took them to live in another town away from the mob violence. While there, she met Brian Beck, a local handyman slash sheriff who also owned the house. Jason eventually brought her back to Port Charles and Brian seemingly followed them when he got a job on the PCPD. Jason and Courtney began to drift apart as Courtney realized she couldn't live in Jason's world with all the secrets and violence. See a trend with Jason's women? Mm -hmm. She moved out of the penthouse and into a room over Kelly's. Brian began to spend more time with her and convinced her to accompany him to the opening of the Haunted Star. Mm. Jason and others tried to warn Courtney that Brian was only using her to get dirt on Jason and Sonny. Courtney ignored their warnings until she began noticing that things supported their warnings. She followed Brian one night when he went to the docks to ambush one of Sonny's deliveries. A shootout ensued, and Courtney shot Brian in the back when she saw Brian prepare to do the same to Jason. Courtney felt extremely guilty and wanted to turn herself in, but Jason wouldn't let her, and even Brian protected her by naming Xander as his shooter. (sighs) The night of the fire, Courtney was trying to find Jason in the burning building. Wait, what fire? (laughs) I don't know. She has a lot of car accidents and a lot of fires. (laughs) We just went from shooting to fire. fire that Xander died in? Xander didn't die in a fire. Oh, that's right. He died in... Okay. Never mind. That was lucky. I'm sorry. Night of the fire, Courtney was trying to find Jason in the burning building when an old lady convinced her to help get her and the lady's dog to safety. Following the fire, the woman who turned out to be incredibly wealthy gave Courtney a hefty check for helping her. Courtney became CEO of the company that Jason and Sonny had to deal with to ship to and from the pier. Courtney tried to force Jason and Sonny to go legit by not allowing them to conduct any illegal business on her property. But after a few run-ins with Jason, Sonny, and Faith, Courtney decided to sell the property. When she realized that Jason and Sonny were trying to buy it through a dummy corporation, Courtney made a knee-jerk decision and awarded the property to the other bidder. Oh, she was horrified to discover that she had sold her property to Alcazar. Jason felt very betray- betrayed by her decision, as did Sonny. Courtney made one final effort to reunite with Jason before signing the divorce papers, but she quickly committed the ultimate betrayal in Jason's eyes by bashing him over the head in order to prevent him from killing Alcazar. That's the ultimate betrayal? Okay. <laughs> then she ruined her relationship with Sonny by calling the cops after he left to kill Alcazar himself. Sonny subsequently disowned Courtney. Wow, she burned a lot of bridges there. Courtney made an effort to start a new life by starting a foundation to help underprivileged kids, but she soon realized that no one believed it would, wouldn't would be a front for their mob dealings. She was forced to return to using her maiden name and convince Jax to sit on the board of the foundation. When Jax got a court order for Sam to submit a paternity test, Courtney told Jax she thought he'd make a good father and that everything would work out for him. Secretly, she knew Carly planned to tamper with the results of the test in Jax's favor. But when the test proved that Jax wasn't the father, Jax asked to go, asked her to go to Monte Carlo with him, promising that he would donate half his winnings to the foundation if she went with him. 
She agreed, and their relationship seemed to be turning romantic. Jax offered another tempting bet to Courtney. If she could deny his advances for three months, he's such a pig. If she could deny his advances for three months, he'd donate $10 million to her foundation. Courtney took on the bet and spent the next few months desperately trying to win. Jax didn't make it easy. He flew her to Italy, took her camping, and spent the rest of the time whining and dining her. The two kissed on occasion, but Courtney was firm in her desire to win the bet. As things got more heated between the couple, Courtney turned to Jason in hopes of turning Jax away from her. Running into Jason near Kelly's, she caught him off guard and began kissing him. The decoy didn't fool Jax, who only pressed the issue further, even offering Courtney the $10 million if she would just forget the bet. Courtney refused and was able to dissuade Jax until the end of the bet, though it took some door barricading to do it. Oh, I wish I would have watched that. I didn't see that. As the clock struck 12 and the bet came to a close, Courtney pushed Jax away, telling him she didn't want to be loved and they, and then left by a heartbreaker like Jax. But she quickly regretted her words and ran to his apartment, where she found Jax in a towel and heard a woman's voice call for him from another room. The voice turned out to be Skies, who had escaped from prison and was using Jax's home as a cover. Courtney decided to give Jax another chance and boarded a plane to meet Jax in Italy, where she found him again nearly naked and heard the voice of another woman. There was no explanation at that time. So Jack apologized and the two decided to try a relationship. If I went to some man's house twice and found some other woman at his house, I don't think that I would be giving it a third try. Yep, but okay, I agree. Just as things began with Jackson Courtney, another man entered her life. Courtney received a call from child services to inform her that there was a boy in need who needed a foster home and no one else was available. Courtney accepted the responsibility and purchased several toys for the boy. But when Diego arrived, he wasn't the boy she was expecting, but a teenager. Diego hit on Courtney constantly, causing Jax to be extremely irritated with the boy's lack of respect. When the two would fight, Diego would lash out at Jax, claiming that Jax was only jealous. Courtney and Jax found themselves together for the first time just as Diego ran away. Courtney felt responsible, but Jax eased her consciousness, eased her conscious, and the two continued their relationship. Diego returned, and despite problem after problem, Courtney continued to offer Diego a reliable place to live and continue to help him out of the trouble he was determined to get into. Her relationship with Jax continued, and Jax who decided to rebuild the poor Charles Hotel, went as far as to name the hotel after Courtney, who was extremely flattered. We heard Carly mention this. Yes. That's where the Metro Court came from. Eventually, Jax introduced Courtney to his mother, Lady Jane, but their first meeting wasn't the best. Lady Jane bombarded Courtney with questions about her past marriages and her true feelings for her son. Courtney defended herself quite well, but Lady Jane still needed some convincing before she trusted Courtney with her son's I love Lady Jane. Mm -hmm. I'm so sad she's gone. Eventually, Lady Jane came around and gave Jax her blessing to marry Courtney. After their marriage, Courtney and Jax decided to start a family immediately, but the news was not good. Courtney learned that there was little hope of her carrying a child to full term. Jax and Courtney were desperate to have a child, so they decided to use a surrogate. When Elizabeth found, when Elizabeth Weber offered herself to be their surrogate, they gladly accepted. Courtney's joys soon turned into despair when she learned that her eggs were not viable. Elizabeth offered to donate her eggs, and Jax readily accepted. Courtney had reservations, but pushed them aside for Jax's sake. Soon, Elizabeth was pregnant via in vitro fertilization. 
feel like Elizabeth is someone that would offer her eggs. Especially to someone who hit her twice with a car. <laughs> Maybe it takes three times. Kind of like the finding another <laughs> woman in Jax's apartment. You know. We'll try one more time. So that's what Elizabeth... Even though giving. Faith is the one who hit her the second time. But I forget what their relationship really was like. I don't think they hated each other. No. No, they had had the fight over Jason because Elizabeth found out that Jason and Courtney were together while Jason was still married to Brenda. And yes. she was like, how do you think Brenda would feel? And he was like, no, I'm not going to care. We're just doing this so we don't have to testify against each other because yep. no, neither of us killed anyone. So there you go. Courtney's fears were soon realized when she began feeling left out of the pregnancy. Jax was spending more time with Elizabeth, showering her with attention as the pregnancy progressed. Feeling selfish for resenting the attention Jax bestowed on Elizabeth, Courtney started opening up to her new friend, Nicholas Cassadine. Nicholas was having his own marital troubles because of Emily's rape. What started out as a friendship soon flourished into love. When Emily and Jax realized that their spouses were more than just friends, the marriages ended. Unfortunately, Jack soon found out that Elizabeth was not willing to give her unborn child up to a single father. She believed strongly that the baby should have two parents. Fearing that Elizabeth and Lucky would end up with custody of the baby, Jax decided to reconcile with Courtney long enough to gain custody of his child. The reconciliation was short-lived. Courtney soon realized what Jax was doing and left him for good. Shortly afterwards, Elizabeth suffered a miscarriage. I'm fairly certain there would be protections in place. I understand that can happen in adoption, but in that case, it, it would have been Elizabeth's baby. Yes, this was Elizabeth's baby, but she offered her eggs and Jax was the biological father. Right. But the I agreement. Like Courtney would have said, I don't want to be the mom that Elizabeth could have petitioned the court to still be the mom and share custody with Jack. Maybe. But I don't, I don't they know. But not if, it completely. No. No matter what, it was still half Jack's. But also the arrangement was Elizabeth right. was not going to be keeping this baby. Right. So I don't, I don't know. Uh, I've I never, know. that's heartbreaking. It that's is heartbreaking, just, but I know that they're very precise with, how things are worded now because you can have so many people involved in this process. So, yeah. So then Courtney and Nicholas found happiness together. Their joy knew no bounds. When Courtney learned that miraculously she had conceived a baby, Jack's despondent over Elizabeth's miscarriage soon learned of the pregnancy and demanded that Courtney take a paternity test since the baby could have been his. Unbeknownst to Courtney and Nicholas, Jack's bribed the technician. Hmm. To change the results to show that he was the father of the baby, not Nicholas. I want to know who that was because that wasn't Brad. Right. So there's always probably a just sketchy tech. We need to find yeah. the sketchy text. 411 See, sketchy text. I love it. <laughs> that one's kind of heartbreaking though because oh, yeah. he was heartbroken. He was it wasn't broken. He wasn't. Yes, he was being deceptive 100% and shouldn't have done it, but he that was, was, he was grieving. Yeah. yeah. Disappointed. Courtney and Nicholas tried to deal with the threat of Jack's promising to sue for full custody of the baby once it was born. Things got quite ugly between the couple and Jack's. Hope came in the guise of Dr. Meadows, who was a victim of a hit-and-run driver. <laughs> she hinted that the paternity test results might have been tampered with. Courtney and Nicholas decided to have a second paternity test done. See, always get more than one. Mm this time at a different hospital so they could keep it a secret. Unfortunately, Jax proved to be quite tenacious. Um, 
every time that a paternity test comes back wrong at GH, they go over to Mercy and have one. <laughs> and they talk crap on Mercy all the time. Right. Like it's at least the, they know who not the dad is. Hospital. But apparently <laughs> their texts are really good at not being bought off. So yeah. if you need a paternity test, Mercy, go to Mercy. not GH. He got wind of the second paternity test and once again bribed the technician. Uh oh, you Uh-oh. spoke too soon. Darn. To change the results to read that Jax was the father. When the results came back, Courtney and Nicholas were disappointed but determined to do what they could to fight Jax for custody. By this time, Helena had returned to Port Charles and was determined that she would end up raising her great grandchild. Oh no. <laughs> that would be awful. Yes. Courtney decided that she needed time to herself so that she could focus on her pregnancy, so she left town for a while. It played right into Helena's plans. As soon as Courtney was alone, Helena moved in and kidnapped the pregnant mother. She held her prisoner for only a short while. Courtney managed to overpower Helena, good for her, and escape captivity. Realizing the threat Helena posed, Courtney contacted her father and had him hide her. Courtney stayed hidden until she was contacted. Until she contracted, geez, until she contracted a deadly virus that was sweeping Port Charles. Wasn't that the encephalitis? Sure. The virus sent her into labor and Courtney was brought to General Hospital where she was reunited with Nicholas. She was rushed into surgery for an emergency C-section. Nicholas and Courtney reaffirmed their love. Courtney's condition was grave after giving birth. Overwhelmed with guilt, Jax confessed to Courtney that he had both paternity tests changed. Courtney forgave him, but was determined to make sure that Nicholas learned that the son she had given birth to was his, not Jax's. Unfortunately, Courtney died before she could hold her son. Or- Are you going to cry? <laughs> oh my gosh. Go ahead. <sighs> or tell Nicholas the truth. <laughs> that was Gosh. Okay, be quiet. Unfortunately, <laughs> no. Unfortunately, you have four of them. Did you imagine not holding them? Okay, I'd be dead, so I wouldn't know. Unfortunately, Courtney died before she could hold her son or tell Nicholas the truth, <laughs> and Jax decided to keep the secret. <laughs> Eventually, Carly would help Jax keep the truth. I'm just going to apologize for all the sniffle sounds that I legit can't edit out sometimes. Okay. She had fallen in love with Jax and felt the baby was better off with them that rather than Nicholas. It was Robin. Robin is the baby, like, get out fraternity. <laughs> it was Robin who eventually learned the truth and decided to tell Nicholas. Nicholas immediately claimed his son and changed his name from John to Spencer to honor his siblings. Courtney's spirit... This is like years later. Courtney's spirit made an appearance several years after her death. Her spirit paid a visit to her son, Spencer, after he was injured in a fire. Courtney reminded her son that she loved him unconditionally and gave him the strength to face the injuries he had sustained from the fire. She also advised him to treat others with kindness, which he obviously didn't get. And then we also know that she came back to help lead Mike up to heaven. Yes. Are you okay now? I was not expecting it. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. I'm not at all insistent to all of this. I do have many children. That is a devastating thing. But we're not even watching it. We're just reading it. But I'm just thinking about it. <sighs> all right. So. Courtney was portrayed by Alicia Lee Willis, and she actually received two Emmys for her work on General Hospital. She was only on from 2001 to 2006. 
And it was like really the end of 2001 because it was December. Mm -hmm. So we're going to say four years. Actually, in beginning of 2006, so really only three. December 20th, 2001 until February 21st, 2006. So that was was barely over three years that she was actually on the show. Right. And then she came back in 2015 to visit Spencer and 2020. Wow, that's been a year and a half already since Mike. Oh, I cried then too. She was married. getting three years. December 20th, she had 10 days in 20, in 2001. Okay. So, so 2002. But then she died in yeah, but 2006. Two, three, four, five. Okay. So that's four years. But then like, yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> like, where are you at three? You're cutting this down. You were nothing. counting the whole year. Oh, I'm sorry. I know. Listen, I am still crying. I'm sorry. So Shannon, she is dead. She is staying dead. Oh my gosh. All right. She has to stay dead. Okay. She's one of those characters that just, you have to stay dead. Well, I don't like whenever they already show someone's spirit, taking someone back to heaven and then turn around and say, wait, they're not dead. Because how are you being the spirit if you weren't dead? That's what I'm saying. Like, there's been too many moments. But you could also say that they were hallucinating. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I think it would make sense if... Victor no. had had her frozen because that was Nicholas's love. No. Okay. No. His real love was Emily. Emily eh. was. Mm-hmm. Eh. No. That's a whole other. Po- that's a whole other episode. <laughs> All right. So that was. The many emotions of Shannon. <laughs> and it's all about Courtney. All the car wrecks of Courtney. <laughs> oh my goodness. But it, she really, she's so good. Would I love her to come back? Sure. There, it would do a disservice to all of this. It's the same thing as if Georgie came back. I'm not disputing. That's just, no. I'm not disputing. We'll see. We'll see. I, I would be okay being wrong here. There's certain people whose deaths just, mm Okay. No. Okay. Mm-mm. On that note, we're going to end this. <laughs> okay. And join us on Monday when we recap this week's episodes in which Courtney will not be a part of as a newly discovered live person or Shannon will quit watching. Why? But Probably. have a good weekend. <laughs> we'll meet you at the pier. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's show, we invite you to go to pier54podcast.com to subscribe on your favorite platform. Don't forget to leave us a review. And you can also follow us on many social media channels. Just search for Peer 54 Podcast. Also, we are not perfect. So if there is something that we missed or messed up, just let us know by emailing us at peer54podcast at gmail.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.